0: Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Tracks Plus Deep Dig. I'm Charlie Winfield. Bart Gregory is here with me. I get to bring it in this week. I get to do...
1: Let's do something different.
0: Yeah, I get to be the guy in the driver's seat here for a little while. Here's
1: the thing, Charlie. If it doesn't work out, we can blame you for being the quarterback of this show.
0: Well, the quarterbacks always take the blame, but... You know what? I feel like I've been the classic backup here. I think people have been wanting the backup quarterback in this chair.
1: So. You are – what you are is Kevin Fant behind Wayne Mackin. Or Derek Tate. But Well, no. Okay. Yeah, right.
0: break that now. Anyway, here we are. So, we are starting up this basically a pregame show, but we want to do things a little bit differently. We have our show that airs on WFCA on Wednesday nights where we have our classic out of left field where we try to visit with people – we still have our Sunday coffee show. That's where we come in and we talk about the game that was and just kind of sit around and drink some coffee and talk about whatever comes to mind.
1: And here's where that show is going to become more interesting, Charlie, to me, is now we're kind of setting the tone on Friday. We're like giving you foreshadowing, and now we have opportunity coming back on Sunday to see if we were right or not.
0: Yeah, because in the past we could come in here on Sunday and say, well, I told people on Friday that this was going to happen, now it's documented. Yeah, now, now we know what we said. So the premise of this show is we're going to dig deep into the numbers. We're going to talk a little bit about the games. We're going to talk about some players and look more at the opponents and then kind of wrap things up with our two-minute drill, which we'll talk about that a little more later and hope that we can get a little listener interaction as we go on that. But we're going to get things started, and I thought, Bart, what we do today is each take a turn and just have our opening thoughts about this ball game.
1: Well, Charlie, it doesn't take long for me to jump into my old turf grass mentality. That's the first thing. Yeah, you are a grass guy. I am a grass guy. I can tell you how to grow grass. I hate to mow my own yard, but I like to take care of other people. So I was going to be in the golf course world, but that's another story for another day. So I'm going to jump into the agronomy section real quick. First and foremost, this will only be the third time in three years that Louisiana Tech will play a game on natural grass, okay? they played. You got the baseball theme coming yes. back up. We hit yes, on sir. Texas,
0: Notre Dame.
1: But it was such a big thing for Notre Dame. It was such a big thing for Texas. It's going to be a big thing for Louisiana Tech. Just about everybody in Conference USA now – plays on artificial turf, and it becomes a mentality issue of something that you're used to when you always play on turf, and I always say this in any sport. It's harder to make the transition from turf to natural grass than natural grass to turf for obvious reasons, but here we go. 2020, last year, Louisiana Tech played only two games on natural grass. They played at BYU. They played at TCU. They were beaten 45-14 at BYU. They were beaten 52-10 at TCU. They went the entire 2019 season and never played a game on natural grass. The last time before that, 2018 against Mississippi State, and we won 45-3. So here's the thing that jumps out to me about Louisiana Tech. The last three times they have played on natural grass, they have been beaten 142 to 27. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) I
0: did not know what you were going to say. That is, I said we were going to dig deep into the numbers. We were going to have a deep dig. And again, by the way, we are in the Farm Bureau studios here in Mississippi's College Town, downtown Startville, Mississippi. And this is our Tracks Plus deep dig. You dug deep on that. Uh, I didn't see that one coming.
1: No, not at all. And of course, Farm Bureau, they're in every county in the state of Mississippi, all 82 counties. There are 82 counties. If you're just coming into Mississippi, you're a freshman, you don't understand Mississippi history that we were taught in seventh grade. You have 82 counties in Mississippi, and Farm Bureau has agents in every single one of those counties. And the customer service, check them out at favorites.com. Go with a home team, as Matt Wyatt would say. Go. (laughs) with a home Mm -hmm. team so there you go charlie 142 to 27 the last three times and i bring that up to say this it becomes a mental issue i asked rocky felker who is right next to me in the office and we make fun of each other every day and i've covered this many times and i said what would your first thought be on that that stat right there and he says it's all mental The first time a wide receiver walks out there in pregame exercises, tries to make a cut, and he slips. He thinks about that slip for the next three hours.
0: Well, of course, Rocky glad in 1988 we opened the season on grass here against Louisiana Tech, but I digress. So, my opening thoughts on this ballgame are these. You know, Louisiana Tech has been a decent team at times under Skip Holtz. In fact, they've been pretty good. If you go back in 2019, the last normal college football season we had, they ended the season beating Miami in a bowl game to close things out, beat them 14 to nothing. So this is a program under Skip Holtz that has been a competent program. It's not been great. It's been competent. But this isn't that 2019 team. It's a team that lacks a ton of weapons on offense. And here you go, Mississippi State fans. Where are they subpar? Even by Conference USA standards, they're weak in the secondary. They're weak on the defensive front. Now, they're pretty good at linebackers. You start to say, does that take away some of your crossing routes and things underneath? Maybe it shouldn't matter. Either way, this is a ball game Mississippi State should win. You know, the boys out in Vegas said it. it Can we discuss
1: that in today's climate, today's world? Oh, it's. It's, I mean, it's everywhere it's everywhere center now. Yeah, but so, go ahead.
0: Yeah, so the boys out in Vegas set the line at 23. Let me emphasize I don't gamble, nor do I encourage that you do. But if I did.
1: And if you do have a problem, there are some phone numbers for you.
0: Yes. But if you did gamble, I don't think I would touch this one because lines of that size, when you start getting into 23, you never know. It's kind of like the college basketball game. You don't know when somebody's going to come off the bench at the end and some walk-on bank in a three from midcourt as the horn expires. So, all that being said, I think Mississippi State wins. I'm not terribly optimistic that they run away with it. And why is that? I think one of the things about Louisiana Tech, it's hard to know a ton about them because they have so many transfers. 19. So, it basically says we don't know.
1: Here's the thing when I think about Louisiana Tech this year. And if you look for bright spots, and we talked about this in our show, our last show, about how important the offensive line is going to be for each team. I think they may have one of the better offensive lines in Conference USA. They've got some guys that are going to move around some position-wise, but they have guys who have made starts along that offensive line. So they've got a new quarterback. We'll talk about him later in the show. But I think they have a good base with their offensive line. Now, how that translates into skill position players, you just don't know.
0: Here's my strongest prediction for this football game. Overreaction, one way or another. Yeah. When, in fact, the final score of this game may tell us very little about the quality of our team. It's about winning. Obviously, you'd like to see your offense do well. You'd like to see your defense do well. They should. But I anticipate that what we're, we'll see is some overreaction either way. So, any other final statements, Bart? Or, well, excuse me. So, any other opening statements, Bart?
1: It's going to be hot. It's not going to be unbearable. Three o'clock. Yeah, you wish you would you rather play
0: at three or eleven.
1: I take three all day. Oh yeah, I take three. Even though, you know, hey, everybody says it's the hottest point of the day. But I'd rather take six o'clock for the fourth quarter than two o'clock for the fourth quarter. See what I'm saying there?
0: Yeah, I love a three o'clock late in the year.
1: Three o'clock late in the year where the leaves are on the ground in the junction. It just feels like fall. Yeah.
0: That would be nice, but we are not there yet. So let's move on Bart. I wanted to do something kind of talked about this a little bit. I want to call it we talked about diving into numbers
1: and we talked about Tracks Plus. You went down there. I did. I went to Tracks Plus, actually went yesterday morning and spent some time with uh with the guys down at Tracks Plus and you know, first and foremost, if you're in the market for a new or used forestry equipment, you know, Daniel Bounds over here in Columbus does a great job uh with the construction world and Fred Fulton over here in Columbus, King Crosby down in Hickory. They've got four locations now at Tracks Plus. They've got the one between Startwell and Columbus on Highway 82. They got the main store, which is at the Hickory exit on I 20. And then they have two locations that are new down in Summit, Mississippi, in Pike County, and then in Alexandria, Louisiana. And that's, man, I tell you what, it's pretty cool. You know, for a guy that kind of grew up around construction equipment, forestry equipment, it was really cool to see the barco equipment that that they use for the forestry, where there's skidders. And what they do is they specialize in the guys that come in and want to get in the mulching world. And we talked about mulching a few weeks ago and how mulching has really changed the way that the game has changed in forestry. Because whether you have a hunting camp, whether you have just some land that you wanted to clean up. In the old days, you'd get a guy who'd come in with a bulldozer. He'd knock down a bunch of trees. they piled it up. you try to burn it. And then invariably, he would put too much dirt in the pile. And then you'd have to rake it all out. you had to pile it back up and burn it again. Well, now you can go in with these industrial-sized mulchers and just create the path wherever you want it. And so if you're in the world of doing that, this is where you go buy those mulchers. You can get those excavators that have the mulching heads on it. You can get the skid steers that have the mulching heads on it. And, of course, just the, the typical excavators as well. And I told Chris yesterday that I am going to get you down there just to let you test drive some kind of excavator. I and would we're just gonna, say, and I'm going to video
0: it. It would be best for all involved if we clear the area. <laughs> <laughs> clear the area before you hand me those keys. I'll let Do you dig a keys? hole.
1: Yeah, they have keys. Do you okay. get, let you dig a hole on our deep di- a deep dig dive on here on a Friday. Absolutely. Yeah, Trax Plus, T R A X Trax Plus. They are the largest used forestry equipment distributor in the Southeast. Are they? I mean, they are growing leaps and bounds. Uh, you talk about a, a small company that is exploding right now, and uh, hey, we appreciate our friendship with those guys at Tracks Plus.
0: Yeah, they've they've been really good to us, and we certainly do appreciate them. So let's move on. We're going to do what I call the 3 two, one segment, Bart, and it's going to have three sub-segments to it, but the first thing we're going to do each week is we're each going to identify three numbers that we're looking for in this ball game. So it could be the number of a player, it could be a number of yards, it could be a temperature, it's just a number, and I'm going to let you explain why those numbers mean something to you, you'll go three, I'll go three, and I'll let you go first today.
1: All right, I'll tell you what, my three numbers are this, seventy, six, and 1.5, right?
0: All right, so 70, comma, 6, comma, and 1.5.
1: Right, 70, comma, stop, 6, comma, stop. Pause 1.5. Now I'm with you. Okay. All right. Three numbers. All right. Last year, Jaden Wally, okay, his attempted depth of target, that's where the ball met his hands. It was either incomplete, it was caught, it was dropped. That's where he was standing when the ball whizzed by or it was caught. Okay. Last year, his average depth of target was 9.4 yards. yards down the field, which happened to be the deepest of the Mississippi State team. Last year, his catch percentage was 59%. To give you a little bit of correlation between other slot receivers in the league, and I'm going to give you the best one. I'm going to give you the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, at Alabama. Last year, his average depth of target was 10 yards. Very similar, to be honest with you, they're equal, 9.4, 10. Last year, Jaden Wally caught 59% of the balls at his average depth of target. Last year, Devontae Smith caught 78% of balls that were thrown his way at the attempted depth of target. So what I'm looking for, my number is 70. I'm not asking Jaden Wally to be the best in the league. I'm not asking him to be the Heisman Trophy winner. I'm asking him to meet me halfway. I'm asking him for a catch percentage of 70% on average depth of target. Now,
0: when you say that you're looking for that from Jaden Wally, is it fair to say, too, that you're looking for that from Will Rogers?
1: I'm looking for that from Will Rogers. I'm looking for that from your left tackle, Charles Cross. I think everyone has a factor in that number. So that number does not imply like a drop ball percentage. No, not at all. But uh, you do have to ask Jaden Wally to make catches because last year he led the team in drops. Devonte Smith had only five drops for Alabama last year. Jaden Wally had nine. Now, you've got to catch the balls that are to you. He has a part in it, but it's not just entirely him as well. Okay, so that was 76. No, excuse me, 70. So that was 70.
0: Your next number was six.
1: My next number is six. Last year, Mississippi State had 37 plays in 2020 that went over 20 yards. That was next to last in the SEC. Vandy last. Vandy was last. 3.36 plays per game went over 20 yards. All right. So what I'm asking Mississippi State this year to do is to get the 50 times. 50. I'm asking 13 more times. That will get you to 50. And what that gives you is 4.6 per game. 4.6 per game plays over 20 yards. I'm asking for six in this game because the law of averages when you get into league play if I'm looking for 50 total I want Mississippi State in tomorrow's game against Louisiana Tech to get six plays of over 20 yards
0: you got a part of the easy holes you got a part this is an easy you hole have you have to you, take
1: advantage of Louisiana Tech's defense tomorrow to run those numbers up to get where you want to go I think you got to have at least six plays in tomorrow's game over 20 yards to get your targeted 50. I'd say that's a fairly conservative ask. It's a very – I'm I'm not asking for a whole lot. I'm not asking for a whole lot of the the Jaden Wally percentage. I'm not asking for – I'm not asking you to go from good to great. I'm asking you to go from bad to average. Okay. I hate to say it like that, but that's true. Well, it's
0: fair. All right, your last number, one and a half.
1: 1.5. Last year, Mississippi State turned the ball over 25 times, which was most in the league. Played 11 games. If you average that out to a 13-game season, I'm going to say a bowl game in there. We've been there for a bunch of seasons in a row now. That would be at 29.5, okay, if you start averaging out the numbers. That was almost 2.5 turnovers per ball game. This year, I'm asking for 1.5 turnovers a game. That's all I'm asking for, one and a half. And what that will do is that will put you at the median point of the SEC. We're talking about 18 turnovers this year. So in tomorrow's game, one turnover max. But so I was
0: going to ask if you treat your turnovers the same way, are you basically saying because it's Louisiana Tech we should turn it over less?
1: I think we should turn it over less, but 1.5 per game. If we get six games in, I want to at nine turnovers. You see what I'm saying? Well, oh, I'd
0: take that deal right now, wouldn't you?
1: Absolutely. That's one and a half. All that does is puts you halfway point in the league based on last year's numbers. So I'm looking for one and a half turnovers a game because we turned it over way too much last year. Okay. I'm, I'm, not I'm with you on those. I'm not asking for too much. I'm not asking from good to great. I'm asking from bad to average. And so those are my three numbers, 76 and 1.5. All right, so here's
0: my three numbers for this week, forty-one. 24 and one half so I I got uh, kind of borrowed from your 0.5 there okay okay so I have a 0.5 41 41 is the percentage of completions I would like to see Will Rogers have this year on depth of target over 20 yards so I'm not talking about plays that go for that distance what I'm saying is if a receiver is 20 yards
1: downfield I want us to complete 41% of those. So what you're saying is is exactly what I said about Jaden Wally, about where he is when the ball gets to his hands on the field. It's not about the catch and run. It's where the guy is when he's trying to catch the pass. Yeah.
0: So when we've got a receiver 20 yards down there, I want to complete 40% of those. Last year we were under 20%. You know, it's been said, by the way, I went back and looked, it has been said that we don't throw the ball downfield enough. And that's generally true. But sometimes you wonder, is the strength of the sentiment in correlation with the facts of the distribution? If I told you right now that I'm going to give you Gardner Minshew's 2018 performance in decision-making and everything else at Washington State, and I'm going to put it on this field here, would you take it? Oh, yeah. All right, so here's what's interesting. I went and I looked, and I started looking at the percentage of throws that Gardner Minshew made behind the line of scrimmage, short of 10 yards, short of 20, and beyond 20. So that was my four categories. Behind the line, 10 or less, 20 or less, and beyond 20. I did the same thing for Will Rogers. And would you believe that the distribution of pass attempts was almost equal? In fact, if you want to look at total passes over 10 yards to a depth of target of over 10 yards, Minshew in 2018, 28 point eight percent Rogers in twenty 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 seven point five. Your kid. Less than one and a half percent difference in those two distributions. Here's what else is interesting. Rogers actually did a better job of completing passes short of ten than did Minshew. They were comparable in the ten to twenty, but Minshew made his money throwing down the field for completions. or I say he made his money, didn't throw that many, no more than Rogers. In fact About 9% of his attempts were over 20 yards. For Rodgers, it was around seven and a half. But the point of it was, when he did, he was completing 48% of those. We were completing 18. Kind of the same spirit that you had with Wally a minute ago. I'm not asking you to be Devontae Smith. In my case, I'm not asking you to be what Gardner Minshew was. In fact, I'm not even asking you to be what Felipe Franks was a year ago who completed 60% at that depth of target. I'm saying be Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond completed 40%. If we can raise our completion percentage on balls over 10 yards and balls over 20 yards, all of a sudden, if you go from 18 at that number to 41, I think it significantly improves our offense, and it gives us something that you wanted a minute ago, which is plays over 20 yards.
1: First thing I think of is if you're asking me to do what Kellen Mond did, of course, it's a a different style of offense, but – If you are asking me to do what Kellen Mond did, when so many people around the league, including us, the think tanks and and the guys with the microphones, really never thought a whole lot of Kellen Mond. And so for you to tell me that we're looking to get Kellen Mond-type stats on those type of plays from Will Rogers, I think is very doable.
0: And so then the question becomes, how are we going to get there? One of the ways we're going to get there is my next number, Bart, 24.
1: 24 is the number
0: of rushes that I want to see this offense have per game. And you say, why 24? I've gone back and looked at Mike Leach's offenses over the years. Again, I've kind of fixated a little bit on that season in 2018 against Washington State because that's the one I think we mostly identify with. You obviously had some years at Texas Tech, but people know Gardner Minshew. People remember that year being exciting. Played a super close game against USC. They ran it 24 times. Again, this is with an NFL quarterback running your offense who was, by the way, at the end of his career, not at the beginning, 24 at USC. They get a win at Oregon State, 22. They beat Oregon, 24. They rush at 19 against Stanford to win and 23 against Arizona in a win. Last year, if you go back and look, we were consistently coming in, 10, 11, 12, 13, and that's even before you factor out for sacks. Last two ball games of the year when we were arguably our best, save for the LSU, Missouri, 28 carries. Tulsa, 30. This offense is going to be better when it runs the football.
1: 24 times. So that's your break-even point, 24.
0: 24 is the number. On average, that this team needs to run the football, I think Mike Leach's history supports that. And I think, by the way, what's the big thing that everybody kept saying about us? Everybody's going to rush three, drop eight. So, if I want to throw the ball down the field, what do I have to do? I have to keep people from dropping the eight. How do I keep them from dropping the eight? Make them respect the run. And if we can't run the football against three people, shame on us.
1: Dial that back into tomorrow. And that law of averages we were talking about with the SEC, do you expect if I gave you the over-under for tomorrow's game, would you take the over or the under on twenty-four? I'm going to take the over. You'd have to take the over, would you not? Because if I'm Mike Leach, I'm going to show that. I want to show teams that I am willing to run. And so tomorrow, could you see 28 to 30?
0: I think not only could you, I think you should. You go back to Missouri, you go back to Tulsa. This is a ball game that ought to be attacked very similarly. And so I say run the football. Okay. All right. What's your third number? Kind of similar to your one and a half. Mine is .5, one half, And that is the turnover margin that I would like to see for this team. And, again, you looked at turnovers overall, cutting down on what we do. I'm going to bring the defense into this and talk about where I need them forcing turnovers. Last year we were last in the league in turnover margin. We turned it over one time per game more than our opponents. I'm shooting to get to middle of the league, fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere in there. To do that, i got to take that turnover margin – and bring it closer to about a positive one-half. If we do that, look, Bama, no surprise, was the best team in the league last year in turnover margin. They forced one more a game than they allowed. I think I'm not asking us to be Bama. Let's just get halfway there. One-half is my third and final number.
1: All right, so those are the three numbers right there. All right,
0: so we said it was going to be 3-2-1. We've done our three, and that's the three numbers from each of us. Again, my numbers today were number 41, 24, and half. Bart, yours were number 70, number 6, and 1.5. So real quickly, two players from the opposing team, each of us are going to Pick two players to highlight. My guy is the slot receiver. One of them, number six, Smoke Harris for Louisiana Tech. And why do I pick Smoke Harris? A couple of reasons. One, I like the name Smoke Harris. You got to be good to have a name like Smoke.
1: Yeah, you've had a couple of guys named Smoke. What Smoke Monday at at Auburn? We had Smokey Jamal Graham.
0: Yes, we did.
1: Got to put the ey on the end of it. Yeah,
0: there's something about Smoke. And Smoke, by the way, is or just the y. Five six one eighty four. He is not a big guy. We complained a little bit about average depth, of target of our receivers. This is their playmaker. This is their guy, the slot. This is their guy who is explosive. He is a gadget guy. Austin Williams, by the way, his average depth, of target, was about 5.9 yards last year.
1: Which is crazy because he and Wally play the same position. And Wally was at 10, and he was at 5.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And that's the two guys that you've got with an oar by them here in this ball game coming up. How about this for Smoke Harris? His average depth of target 3.2. What? He is less than 2 yards than anybody else. So two fewer yards than anybody else playing college football last year. Tunnel screen in terms of his average depth of target. Hot route. What does that tell you? He's going to get the ball on some jet sweeps, he's going to get it on some quick plays and going to be beating you down the field. But what's a guy like that do? Those small little players can be difficult for your linebackers sometimes. They can get lost in traffic. And keep in mind, that wasn't that he gains 3.2 per play. That's where they get it to him. He does his damage after he gets the football. So my guy to watch out for for Louisiana Tech, or the first of them, is Smoke Harris. The second guy, and this is probably unusual to highlight this type of player, the center, number 62, Abraham Delphin. And why am I picking him as one of the players to watch He's played in 36 games on the offensive line for Louisiana Tech. That's more than anybody else on his team. He started 10 games a year ago, but last year he was a guard. This year he is moving to center. And so you're asking this guy to go on the road to play in what will be a difficult environment, or we certainly hope it will be. And as Bart documented, we are playing on grass. He's dealing with a transfer quarterback, who he hasn't played with before in a game. So the question is, how can young Mr. Delphin handle the move to center in this environment? Now, we're going to be moving a guy to center, too.
1: Same situation. LaQuinston Sharp going to center.
0: Talk about Dolphin. Only one of them's at home.
1: That's right. Only one of them's at home. You become the quarterback of the offensive line. And I go back to the point of Louisiana Tech. The thing that both of these guys have is, and probably Delphin more than LaQuinston Sharp, is you got guys around you that have made starts along that offensive line. I think they're going to be good at guard. I think that's where Louisiana Tech is going to be really good is at left guard and at right guard. you got Joshua Moat who started every game last year at left guard. He's back at left guard. So not only do you move to center, you've got a guy right to your left who has played every single game last year one position over. And so I think
0: it's going to be interesting to see, but – the thing to watch, errant snaps in this ball game. So, Bart, your two players.
1: All right, the first guy I'm going to go with is going to be on the defensive side. That's Ezekiel Barnett. The thing about Louisiana Tech is their linebackers are pretty good. Trey Baldwin, preseason, first team, Conference USA. You got Tyler Grubbs in there as well. But the thing that has made them good is they have had linebackers who have been solid. And Ezekiel Barnett is a senior, four-year letterman. He has the ability to cover against slot receivers, but here's the key for Mississippi State in this game against Ezekiel Barnett. Ezekiel Barnett, in his career, has a missed tackle rate of 20.5. How can he improve in this senior season if he can make tackles against Jaden Wally or Austin Williams or their slot receivers? Jameer Calvin, how does he make tackles at the five-yard mark. I think that is a huge key. Ezekiel Barnett, linebacker, watch him on the slots all day long. I'm going to go with a quarterback. And I think the Austin Kendall story is one of the best stories in college football. Louisiana Tech quarterback, he spent three years at Oklahoma. He transferred to West Virginia. He was a starting quarterback a couple of years ago for Neil Brown, who was in his first year as a head coach at West Virginia. He lost his starting job about halfway through the season to Jarrett Dagey, And so Dagey carried him the rest of the way in 2019. And then Dagey won the job last year. And then Austin Kendall, he came in and mop-up duty in the first game, did not play the rest of the way. But then they asked him to come in late in Liberty Bowl. He led them in a come-from-behind win against Army. He was on the flight back to West Virginia. He'd already told the coaches, I'm entering the transfer portal. And to be quite honest with you, he said, I'm pretty much done. I know I've played my last play. But, man, today was cool. Let them in that comeback win. And so he was trying to decide what to do with his life. He actually got into medical device sales with Quest Diagnostics in Dallas. And he was like, you know, I'm going to start my life. I'm going to start my career. And then at the end of last year, Louisiana Tech had their starting quarterback go down, compound fracture. Luke Anthony had a tough time at spring practice, had a tough time getting through it. Skip Holtz, Joe Sloan, the offensive coordinator at Louisiana Tech, kept on calling him, said, hey, listen, we'd love to have you here. We can let you compete. And so while he was a pharmaceutical or medical device sales guy, he was going out and still throwing every day. So after five months decided, you know what, I want to go back to college. Sixth year of eligibility. He goes back to Louisiana Tech, wins the job, and a guy who was a few months ago a medical device salesman in doctor's offices in a pandemic is going to be the starting quarterback for Louisiana Tech.
0: Okay, so that's your, your two. So we've done the three, the two, now it's the one. The one that we're going to look at is we're each going to look at one coach on the opposing
1: sidelines, and I'm going to give you the honors of starting here. All right, the one coach for me is the defensive coordinator, and that's David Blackwell, who's in his second season as a defensive coordinator. Okay, here's where he started. He got a great opportunity in 14-17 to 17 at Jacksonville State, FCS. They played for the national championship in 2015, and the job that he did at Jacksonville State got him a D1 job at East Carolina as a defensive coordinator. But in East Carolina in 2018, they were next to last in points given up per game. They were 10th in the league, 439 yards given up per game. Coaching staff got fired. He was looking for a new job. Went to Old Dominion, finished top half in the league in Conference USA in 2019. They were top half in the league in turnovers for tackles for loss, Fumbles recovered. They were a very aggressive style of defense. He comes to Louisiana Tech last season under skip Holtz, and this is what the La Tech defense did last year. They were 11th in Conference USA in scoring defense at 35 points a game. Ninth in rushing defense right at 200 yards a game. 11th. we got to remind you, 13 teams, okay? We're talking about teams. This team is 11th and 9th. We're at the bottom of the barrel, Conference USA. 11th in pass defense. 8th in sacks, 11th in opponent third downs, 48%, and 11th in red zone defense. Teams scored touchdowns when they got in the red zone 68% of the time. That's 11th best in the league. That's it. The only positive last year for Louisiana Tech, they were second in Conference USA with nine interceptions. But listen to this, Charlie. Aggressive style, you give up big plays. 12th in the league last year, they gave up 15 plays over 40 yards. So they gave up big plays. Now, say all that to say this. David Blackwell, the defensive coordinator, has 10 of 11 starters returning. So the question becomes, is it good to have those guys coming back? <laughs> <laughs> or is it bad to have The
0: good news is everybody's back. The bad news is everybody's back. Everybody's back. My one coach is going to be Skip Holtz. Skip Holtz has been around a while. He has been a longtime college head coach, and you sometimes wonder with a guy with the last name Holtz of, and you know, being the son of Lou Holtz, whether he got that job because of his name, you know, kind of a little bit like carrying the name Bowden around or whether he, he earned it. And I'd say at some level the results have been, look, he's a good coach. He's not an elite coach. He's a good coach. If you look at it, at Connecticut, he built that team and goes ten and three his last year, gets the job at East Carolina, builds them up to the point that he's going nine and five in back to back years, parlays that into a job with the Bulls of South Florida, had a decent first year, eight and five, but three and nine after year three, it was time to go, and he jumped ship to Louisiana Tech. Now, ninth season at Louisiana Tech, but if you look at it, after year one, year one he goes four and eight, but then you look at the win column. Nine, 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 seven, eight, ten, until that strange year last year, they go five and five, but four and two in the league. And you say, you look back at that year, you know, they won an entire month without playing a football game at one point. So it was a strange year for Louisiana Tech. People not necessarily expecting a lot. What are the things that Skip Holtz does well, when he leads at the half, he is a guy that knows how to manage a lead. 52 and 12 when leading at the halftime, 32 and 14 when his team scored first. I don't find Skip Holtz to be terribly innovative. I don't find him to be terribly enthusiastic. There aren't a lot of superlatives I give to Skip Holtz except to say this. He's a solid football coach, and he has had a respectable team. Not great, respectable in Ruston.
1: Does he kind of remind you of Sonny Dykes? A little bit. Because you know you got dads who are really good, you know names in the coaching in the coaching world, and big names on a lot of big jobs. But you know you got Latte, you got SMU. But anyway, he's he's always kind of fit that mold, and I've never heard anything bad. Now here's the thing about Skip Holtz, he's going to call his own plays. We talked about Joe Sloan a moment ago. He's a longtime head coach, but he has not relinquished the role at all of being a play caller, and so... And
0: here's the other thing I'll say about Skip Holtz now that I've kind of made him out to be a little bit of a pedestrian coach. You know, the guy's won. He's Look at his bowl record. You go back to 2019, beats Miami. 2018, beats Hawaii. 17, beats SMU. Year before that, they beat Navy. Arkansas State, Illinois, Clemson wins in his bowl games leading up to that. So, it's not as if he is... A bad coach. I think Skip Holtz is a good coach, and I think if you're in Ruston, he's a guy you'd like to have as your coach,
1: no doubt. I guess before we go any further, I'd like to remind you, if you're on your way today, tomorrow morning, heading to start, well, getting ready to tailgate, hey, you can tailgate again. Thank goodness, finally, tailgating season is back. The one thing you got to have, the must thing you got to have, is country pleasing sausage. Our friends at Country Pleasing. Henry Cooper and the gang down in Florence at Country Meat Packers. They make tremendous sausage. It is the best sausage that you can have. There are other sausage companies out there we're talking about the best. They've got different varieties. You can make your tailgate a hit with everyone involved. All right, so I want to talk about the sausage a minute because there's two things that I've kind of stumbled
0: upon recently. Okay. So my wife has always been a fan of the pork and pineapple.
1: Right. Okay. It's mild. It's I've, very mild.
0: Yeah, I've always been the jalapeno cheddar guy. Okay. But we kind of have this thing when we go to the store, we like to get different kinds. And this weekend, my wife came home with the three cheese. That is really good. Yeah, three cheese is really good. I
1: like the black pepper cheddar.
0: Have you seen the juniors, the ones yes. that are a little thinner? You know That's the, pretty good too.
1: Yeah, they started making those. And of course, when you go to a Shipley's and you get the kalachis, that's what they got. They got the juniors. For from country pleasing anywhere around here, that's what they got.
0: Well, it's some good stuff. Hey, went to, I went
1: to the I went to the Junction. You ever seen all these Junction delis around? Yeah. Of course, that's Eric Prince and our good buddies down in Philadelphia. Eric and Philip Prince. I went to the one in Louisville yesterday and says I'm proudly serving country pleasing sausage.
0: It's some really good stuff, and it's interesting because of all the people I've talked to who said, you know, I never really paid any attention to the sausage I bought, but since you guys have been talking about it, I tried it, and now I I hear from them about the. Different kinds that they're trying and everything, so it's been it's been really cool. I, another you know great company that's partnered with us. Hey, the, the grease
1: year. factor is a big thing. It's not as greasy. It's not as greasy as all the other sausages. Anyway, I'm sorry, I could talk sausage all day. I'm sorry.
0: No, that's it's good stuff. So here's how we're going to end our show, Bart. Every week, okay. We are going to end this show with what we're going to call the two minute drill. All right. All you right. Know, so in. Football. They have the two minute drill. The idea: late in the ball game, you got to get down the field in a hurry. You just tell me what you need me to do. So here's what we're going to do. This, by the way, we have we talked about two brothers. By the way, well, they're their two minute drill. That's our two brothers' two minute drill. That sounds like that was right on the fly. And the other thing we're going to do is we're going to start doing this show out on their balcony before too long. This would,
1: weather is great. It's going to be great in a month. It's going to be really great in a month, overlooking the Cotton District. Hey, I went to Two Brothers night before last, I get their smoked wings. You talk about their tacos all the time, the cheese fries. To be honest with you, you talk about a great college bar. I mean, it's just a great bar experience. They just do a great job there. I mean, everything about it. I've never gotten a bad meal there. You can butt up to the bar. You can sit there and eat right there. There's always a bunch of folks in there, you know, right in the heart of the Cotton District. It's one of the best places in Starkville to go. I've been hitting it up kind of late afternoon.
0: Yeah, you know, sit outside once that sun started going down, so it is uh, it is great. So pleased to have Two Brothers back with us. So it's going to be our Two Brothers two-minute drill. Hey, and do we need a whistle
1: or anything? You need
0: pro- a whistle and a clock. We probably do need one. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. Hold on. We hadn't given the premise. Okay. You give
1: it the premise, and you lead it we'll up, and you over.
0: tell me when to hit the whistle. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to just go back and forth. We're going to hit on... Whatever points come to mind, it could be an opinion, it could be a stat, but basically you're going to have 15 seconds to say whatever you want to say, and then it's going to head back to the other side, and we are on the two-minute drill. Now? Now. Blow the whistle? Blow the whistle. Here we go. Louisiana Tech has 15 of their top 16 leading tacklers returning. Is that good? I don't know, but they do have experience on defense.
1: David Blackwell, talked about him just a minute ago, the defensive coordinator at Louisiana Tech. His first job as a defensive coordinator was 2012-13 and at Fordham under Joe Moorhead. Wow. Yeah. Like Rudy, Skip Holtz had
0: to go to Holy Cross before he could get into Notre Dame. And like Rudy, he played basically one play. Skip Holtz, one carry, one yard in 1986 for the
1: Irish. They get the lake in between Notre Dame and Holy Cross, right? Yeah, to run around it. Does that count my 15 seconds? Louisiana Tech leads the FBS with 13 players on the roster who could play at least one game for a fifth season. They got 13 guys that can be playing their fifth year.
0: Louisiana Tech rehabilitated Manny Diaz after he was let go at Texas. He goes to Tech. He becomes their defensive coordinator, Interesting, he moves on to the premier job. Skip Holtz still living that rustin'
1: lifestyle. I'm going stats and you're going opinion. Okay, I'll tell you this. Mississippi State in season openers with coaches wearing shorts is 0-1.
0: <laughs> Mike Leach will not be wearing cargo shorts on Scott tomorrow.
1: Should be. My turn your turn? Your turn. Will Rogers and Ian Book of your Notre Dame Fighting Irish – were the only two quarterbacks to not throw an interception in the month of November last year?
0: All right, last one. Dylan Johnson had more yards after contact than anybody in the league, save one guy. Don't sleep on Dylan Johnson. He could factor in big in the run game.
1: So that's it. That's a two minute drill. Our two minute drill is done. I tell you what, I think we need to like to incorporate some fans in this. Well, you know, that's what I was kind of
0: thinking we might do is maybe next week we'll solicit people to have their little factoid. Say, all they got
1: to do is like record it into their phone and then they can email us to leftfieldshow at gmail.com. That's what they got to do. So next week, I guess when we get ready for NC State, they can come up with like a little 15 second deal, record it into their phone, and then email it to us.
0: It'd be the voice of the people.
1: Isn't that the email address? Leftfieldshow at gmail.com? I believe so. Okay. All right.
0: So. That's going to bring us to the end, by the way. Hope you liked it. We're taking just a little bit different approach this week and every week, for that matter, on our Friday show. Like I said, we're always going to try to dig deep into these numbers, look at things a little bit different, find some stats that maybe aren't being talked about. Again, would like to thank Trax Plus for sponsoring. what We are going to call, Bart, the Trax Plus Deep Dig. That's what this is, right?
1: Yep, thanks to Tracks Plus. Thanks Thanks to our good friends at Country Pleasing. Two brothers And, of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studios in downtown We'll Go with a home team at Farm Bureau. Hey, we'll be back on Sunday. We'll see if all this came to pass. Sunday coffee.
0: Yeah, Sunday morning. Just wait. You know, who knows? One of us may be able to say, I told you they were going to have trouble snapping the football.
1: Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us on this Tracks Plus Deep Dig.